Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. From API, this is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day. Welcome to Energy Tomorrow Radio. I'm your host, Jane Van Ryan. Today we're talking with Kathy Hall, who is the Executive Director of the West Slope Colorado Oil and Gas Association, and we're talking about drilling activities on the West Slope. Kathy, first of all, if you will, please tell us about your organization. Well, my organization is um, part of the uh, Colorado Oil and Gas Association, but mine is just for the western slope of Colorado. And it involves uh, not only the operators, but a lot of the contractors that service the oil and gas drilling companies out here on the Western Slope. And please describe the West Slope area. What area does that really encompass? Well, the Western Slope of Colorado is really the playground for everybody. When people think about Colorado, what they're really thinking about is Western Colorado because it is divided from Denver. Denver is a beautiful city, but the Rocky Mountains separates. Uh, western Colorado from the Denver or eastern part of Colorado. And it's out here where Aspen and um, Telluride, Snowmass, Vail, all those beautiful ski areas are here on the western slope. It's uh, it's a beautiful, magnificent area. The area right here where I live is especially interesting because we're surrounded with this beautiful mountains and lots of skiing. But down here in the Grand Valley, uh, Grand Junction, where where I live, we have lots of fruit and lots of wine. They raise the most luscious peaches, and it's a it's a very interesting and a very beautiful area. And in that area, you've also got a lot of natural resources that I understand energy companies are looking for actively right now. What are they finding? Well, the the biggest production out here right now is natural gas. Uh, people for you know probably a hundred years always knew that this was a very large resource of natural gas. Um, but not only do we have natural gas, we have all the natural resources. Um, in fact, southern southern Wyoming, eastern Utah, and western Colorado is really the energy bedbasket of the world because we have enormous resources of oil and oil shale uh, that has not been developed yet. We also have lots of uranium, uh, lots of trees for biomass. We really have... Um, uh, an enormous natural resource out here in western Colorado. Well, how important would you say that these resources are to America's overall energy mix? Well, that is, of course, again, part of the, the, the major discussions that are going on in western Colorado because we've had an awful lot of people that have moved into this area in the last probably five to ten years that came to western Colorado because they thought it was um, a good place to live and recreate. We have what we call the the retired, the rich retired recreationists. So we have a lot of people that have moved in that, that want it to stay just exactly as it is today. But the nation has an increasing need for resources in order to generate electricity, just the power need alone, let alone heating the enormous homes that are being built. So western Colorado is beginning to have an enormous play in the national scene 
for supplying natural gas. And as other as states, for example, California and, and Texas, some of the other states are relying less and less on coal. They rely more and more on natural gas. And so that has made this area uh, very much in the spotlight for not only the nation, not only for Colorado, but the nation for its need for its natural gas. There have been some enormous pipelines that have been built in the last few years. We have been sending gas from this area south into Texas and New Mexico and California. But now this Rockies Express line is going uh, north into Wyoming and across into what they call the Cheyenne Hub and then all points back east. So the natural gas from this particular area is really beginning to play very large on the national scene. As the natural gas and other energy resources are being developed out there, what's been the impact on the local economy or on jobs? Well, it has been an enormous boon to western Colorado uh, and the state of Colorado for um, the economy. Um, we have, this is a, this is a study that was done by the uh, Colorado School of Mines. And this is a $23 billion industry to the state of Colorado. That involves somewhere around 71,000 uh, plus uh, workers that are directly involved with oil and gas. That is not all the subsidiary um, things that make money off of those workers that are in the oil and gas industry. So there is nothing in Colorado that begins to compare uh, economically. The uh, DU, Denver University, recently released a study saying that Colorado would not uh, feel the recession like some of the other states because of our energy development. Energy development uh, will be uh, the only thing that keeps the state from going through the severe downturn as other states if we are allowed to continue to develop this resource that the nation seems to need. Well, as the energy companies drill then on the West Slope, don't they also pay severance taxes to the state of Colorado, and how is that money used? Well, yes, uh, but also the coal companies. You know, we have, I, I don't think I've talked about it, but we have enormous amounts of coal in western Colorado as well, and I, I'm sorry I missed the coal part. But, yes, coal and natural gas and oil uh, pay a lot of severance taxes, and those go not only to the local economy, but it to the local uh, cities and counties. But state, the state agencies, um, they wrote this legislation years ago that uh, severance tax pays for a lot of government agencies. It goes, it helps, it builds schools, <laughs> highways. Um, it is, it is every aspect of Colorado um, has their hand in the severance tax pie, as you would say. Well, as the drilling and the energy development occurs on the West Slope, I'm sure there have been concerns about the impact on the environment. That's what you would expect to see. People are concerned about the environment. What impacts are you seeing there on the West Slope? Well, you know, that's one of the things that is really important for people to understand. Um, not only uh, are the companies doing everything they can to protect the environment, but what's often lost in that discussion is the fact that the the men and women that work in the oil and gas industry live here. They love Colorado just like everyone else does. They hike and they bike and they mountain climb and their children mountain climb. They ski, they fish, they golf. They love the environment just like any other citizen of Colorado. So they are very innovative in finding ways to leave as small a footprint as they can. 
One of the most innovative things, and there's many, they're constantly, they just amaze me. One of the things I've enjoyed about working with this industry is they are so resourceful in finding ways to protect uh, where they live and work. And one of the things that has been a, a, a really good uh, project that has been happening is the companies are, built, are drilling multiple wells off of a single well pad. And by doing that, they save not only the, the surface, but they also, that's less roads, less pipelines, and much less disturbance. That has had a, that has had a very large effect. In fact, I uh, saw a statistic the other day that 90% of the wells over in Garfield County, which is the heart of the activity right now, are drilled from one, are, are drilled from single well pads. And there's been an article recently about the, the increase in the amount of permits to drill over in Garfield County. But then the executive director then stated that 90% of those were all going back on existing pads, which means they're existing pads, existing roads, and existing pipelines. Well, that's a huge preservation of just land surface right there. The companies are also try very hard to put their wells, when they're doing the drilling, down in places. Since they can drill directionally, they're putting them in places where they're not as visible. And what does the site look like after the drilling has stopped? I, I'm guessing that most people have never seen something like that. Well, people often think that when they see a drilling rig that that's what it's going to look like forever, but that certainly is not the case. When they prepare a well pad, what they do is they scrape off the surface. In other words, they scrape off the topsoil, and they put the topsoil off to the side to save it. And then they, they level the surface, and then after the well is drilled, then they bring that topsoil back in, and then they reclaim it with the same types of grasses and trees that were there before. And then, and then that's while the well is being produced. And when it's being produced, there's what they call a Christmas tree. But what it is, it's about a four-foot tall, maybe yeah, about a four-foot tall piece of pipe that comes up out of the ground. And they reclaim it right up to that site so that the wildlife and the cattle can graze right up to a wellhead. You many, many times see wildlife grazing right on a wellhead. In fact, you actually see uh, deer and elk um, just standing there watching the drill rigs work. They are, they're not frightened off by them for some reason, but they're not. And so once a well is, and then once the well is at the end of its life, then it's completely reclaimed and you'll never even know it was there. It's completely gone, the grass is back, the trees are back, and you'll never know that that well site was even ever there. Recently, Kathy, I understand there was a public meeting held in your area about changes in the rules for energy companies that are drilling there. What's being suggested, and what happened at the hearing? Well, we've had four hearings in Colorado uh, on the proposed new regulations uh, regarding the gas, oil and gas industry. And um, the men and women that work in the industry are quite concerned about those rules because the rules were not written with... Um, energy companies and their expertise, their environmental specialists with their petroleum engineers at the table to help write the rules to see whether they make sense or whether they are just to um, slow down or literally stop the industry. So the oil and gas workers are pretty concerned. We had the first uh, public meeting in uh, Battlement Mesa, and we had around 500 people there. Probably the biggest percentage were oil and gas uh, workers, men and women, then uh, there have been another one over on the Front Range or on the eastern side of Colorado. There were two over there that were, again, extremely well attended by the, the men and women in the industry. 
this last week we had one down in Durango, and there were probably 400 uh, energy workers that were there as well. We're very concerned that rules are being written about our industry without any actual knowledge of the industry. And so what, lots of times what looks good on paper doesn't work in practicality. So it appears, now it may not be true, but it appears like there's a very strong attempt by the current administration to, they say slow down the industry, but if you slow it down, what ends up happening is you stop it. Because if you don't have any time certain in when you can get a, a permit to drill, and when you have no certainty of whether you even will get a permit to drill after you've met all the hoops, then in, then industry companies are not able to continue to, to work in an area. You you can't afford it. You have stockholders. These companies are either privately owned or they're stockholders. And if you can't have a certainty on when you can begin to produce a product that brings money back into the stockholders, you can't continue. And so it's going to have, if things don't change, it's going to have a very serious effect on the strong economy that is being produced by this energy industry. Kathy, you mentioned that a lot of uh, oil and gas workers attended those meetings. Did ranchers and others who own property attend as well? Over in the Battlement Mesa area, uh, most of the speakers were um, landowners, uh, people that ranch over in that area. And there was one rancher that had the most powerful statements. He talked about the fact that he ha- owns a large ranch there. And because of the fact that uh, he has 250 wells on his ranch, because of that, he has the ability to stay in ranching. He gave a very strong, powerful statement over the fact that because he was able to stay on this ranch, because he had the revenue from oil and gas, he will be able to leave his ranch intact to his children and his grandchildren because he said, I would be, if it wasn't for that, it would be like all the other ranchers in, in Colorado. It's so difficult to make a living in ranching. He said, I would have subdivided it into houses. And it wouldn't continue on to be this beautiful wildlife area. And he talked again about the fact that he had 250 wells, but he had enormous amounts of herds of elk on it. And he said his air quality was good. He had huge elk herds. And because of the industry, he could stay on that ranch, keep it in the family, and it would not be sub- subdivided into homes. That's one of the most powerful things that can be said in any any anybody who wants to be concerned about the environment. The fact that you can keep these into ranch land and wildlife habitat because of this resource uh, is something nobody ever talks about. Because once you put land and you subdivide it into houses, then the impacts from those houses and their animals and the roads and the traffic never goes away. It's there forever. You never take a house back out. But once the drilling is stopped, it's back to its natural state, and then once that well is depleted, then that land is like it was before, and it's untouched, and it will not be covered with houses. That is a huge thing for the environment that no one ever talks about. Kathy, doesn't your organization have a major event planned soon? We do. We just we are planning, and, and we started this three years ago, so this is our third annual Energy Foreman Expo. And we started this uh, three years ago because we wanted people to understand that the future of western Colorado, if they were going to have any kind of economy at all, was going to be energy. And that energy can be many things. Um, one is because we do have all those natural resources, that we'd like to see the research facilities be held here. You know, there's there's so much research that needs to be done for coal gasification. 
uh, fuel cells, um, anything to do to help us uh, become energy independent and and be able to have a strong economy at the same time is incredibly important. So our energy forum focuses strictly on where we should be 20, 30 years from now or 50 years from now, not what we're doing today. So the speakers that we have and the, the exposition is made up strictly of the future, best management practices, um, new research, um, new techniques for uh, – we have geothermal, we have solar, we have every type of, of energy uh, generation at this expo in this forum because we want people to come and learn and begin to really force um, their politicians to begin to make decisions about coal gasification and about fuel cells and all the things necessary. So it's a very educational. It's one day. It's February 22nd, and it's one day. Uh, starts at 8 o'clock in the morning and is finished at 6. But it's well worth anybody's time to come and learn where we need to be in the future. Sounds great. Kathy Hall, thank you so much for joining us and providing this information. Uh particularly about the energy development and production on the west slope of Colorado. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity. I love this industry, and I love western Colorado. I've lived here for 27 years, and and I'm like everyone else. I love it, and I value it, and I appreciate having the opportunity to talk about it. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast, or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's energytomorrow.org.